The Giants are here, hoping to wait their way through to a second grand final. They take on Collingwood and 90,000 plus Collingwood supporters for a spot in the grand final. So much to get through. Dave Matthews, the CEO of the Giants, to join us. Nice top five cult hero, Leon Davis, will join us in the box. The hot topics and some big stories to get through. I'm always excited. But even more so, I'm prelim final night. I always turn to my left and I look at the skipper <laughs> and he is not there. I am facing a slightly smaller, slightly less intimidating man by the name of Damien Barrett in Luke's chair. Damo, good evening to you. Where is my co-caller? Well, do we want to do this right off the top? You probably should introduce everyone else because I have got a little bit of a, a development as to his absence tonight. And it is disturbing and we're going to spend the next 90 minutes pulling this issue apart. Oh, it's prelim final night and he's not here, but I look at the strength. Mr. 1254, he's got the nice white sneaker on, the blue jean. Tonight he's got a USC, University of Southern California hoodie on, <laughs> looks magnificent, and maybe an LA Angels baseball hat on. He's fresh, he's won awards oh, this yeah. week. Oh, yeah. He's in unstoppable form. And I think if I don't quieten down now, he might clip me, Jason Dunst was here. Hello, Chiefy. Hello, how are you? Uh, getting a little carried away with yourself <laughs> these days, aren't you? It's hard not to be excited tonight. I think we're going to get a cracking prelim. Perfect conditions for it. And it's also the style of game that's yes. going to be exciting. There's just two quick teams playing tonight. And I reckon this will get Brownie fired up and maybe he won't taper off for a change. <laughs> well, he's here. He's a finals operator. He's had a nice week. He's smiling. He's got a glow about him. He's a beautiful man. His name is Nathan Brown. Hello to you, Noodle. Always happy. Friday night's a great night for football at the MCG. The grass, as you pointed out, Howie, it is green, but it's a nice shade of green. sky's blue too, tonight. The sky is blue. The paint is just drying out there on the Toyota logo and the Melbourne logo. We are in for a treat. We've got the best job in the world. But once a man who I... Consider my captain who captained a football club for six six games and only won two of them, which was a surprise to me. He said to me when I left the Western Bulldogs, you got to do what you got to do. And then he didn't speak to me for two years. And I look over at his chair tonight and I'm sure that he should be here as he has been every Friday night. Well, so, so what happened, Howie? What? Well, f- from what I can gather, so everyone that I know... the second biggest night of the year. Chief, from what I can gather, everybody I know that's going to the Gabba tomorrow, as a punter, I've got a lot of friends. They're flying up tomorrow morning. I'm heading up there tomorrow morning. You're heading, hey. What time yep. flight are you on tomorrow, Chief? Uh, I think it's 10 past 8. So you're 10 past 8. I know. I uh, look across Andy Ma. He'll be flying up tomorrow. Everyone's flying up tomorrow morning. But apparently, that wasn't good enough for our man, Dars. So it, he... So he needs to call the game for, Channel, the 7, game for Channel 7, Saturday night coverage. Old Saturday pasty pencil neck. So n- not only... I've heard, which can't be right, I, I can't believe this. I've heard he said he needs to fly up to prepare on Thursday morning. Yep. And he's preparing in Noosa. Well, we were also told that he was blaming Channel yeah, 7 Noosa. management. Noosa. For, for the arrangements. The Channel 7 management had ordered him to actually go the day earlier. I bumped into Channel 7 management yep. on the way in. Yep. Lewis Martin. Yes. Boss of Channel 7 right. Sport. And what did he say? And I had it out with him thinking that was what the situation was, that he'd ordered Das up. And he said, no, you've got all this wrong. Das went to me, he said, early in the week and said, I need to go up a day early. Wow. And is this because Beck and the kids are already in Noosa and he saw an opportunity to have a couple of days away and leave us in the lurch? Well, can you confirm the family is up there? 
Beck and the two boys yeah. are there. So he's basically having a four-day holiday up at Noosa and he's going to uh, work a game into that and just thought it was the perfect excuse to get out of So it wasn't Lewis Martin and Channel 7 that Lewis, made no. That was an on-the-record comment. Because I can understand if that's Bruce no. or it's Dennis. Yeah. You have to have them there, but it's Jerk. Brownie, I was with Lewis today, walking up from the concourse <laughs> up to this level, and he did say... Das came to me and asked for oh, me to go a day. It gets worse for the men. That's on the record. Flies in the face of everything we stand for here at Triple M. It does. It does, Chief. And, and particularly he... does the whole thing that he does, whatever that leadership thing is. That <laughs> oh, he, a leader, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. He yeah. does that, like his second podcast that he's up to, and he, <laughs> he claims that he's such a great leader, captain six games, and he's not here. Did, did you notice that uh, Steve Smith wasn't going to South Africa? So Marnus Labuschagne went as a replacement. He came in for a sub, made a 90 and a 100. All of a sudden, they're talking he might be in the World Cup squad. I'm concerned by the fact that our man's in Noosa. He was meant to be calling the grand final next week on Triple A. <laughs> he's being replaced this evening by the great Barry Denner. And Peoples. I think possession, hey, is, a good caller. possession is nine-tenths of the law. Very good caller. Call. Now, caller. big event run by Damo this week, the Australian Football Media Association Awards. Damo's the boss. Damo's the boss. Uh, just tell us tell us what our man won. Well, he won the, uh, the no, highly... No, Chief, we're not moving on. He won the highly prestigious Lou Richards Medal, Howie, which is available for all people in media, but particularly people who have that sense of theatre attached to their work. You need to have some genuine clout. The criteria says all that, and you need to be able to do it on multiple platforms and do it with a sense of humour and class. How was his speech? His speech was very good. It was, it was very respectful, and, and I, I love what you said, Chief, about how you love the industry I do. And, and you love the people in it. And, and Nate said we've got the best job in the world when he said hello tonight. We, we are very privileged to work in the industry we do. We, we play it for a living, and now we are still dribbling whatever's coming out of our mouth about it. 25 years later, it, it's been a, a massive part of my life, so if I'm very thankful. If you were a WWE wrestler, I reckon your name would be Mr. Popular. Yes. Just Mr. Popular comes out and just absolutely drains them all. You are... You're at the height at the moment. You go you back. Are. What's you wrong? Are you go back. No, you are. You go back you to 88, 89 when you were kicking 145. Unfortunately, Scotty Wine got you in the. Don't brother. go to 87. He didn't play in that one. But you're at the height of your fame. Then there was no one bigger. You had the locks out the back. You had the hair on top. You were a big man. 145 goals. That's got nothing nope. in compared what you are at the moment and how popular you are on all facets of life. Thank you, Nate. Move on. Well, we can't. He's got the new ball. I got my hands on the judging criteria and the analysis of why you actually won the award, Chiefy. Right. So I think we need that. So I'll re-verbatim from the statement uh, as the judges uh, convene. Jason is a deserving winner of the Lou Richards Medal for many reasons, but this panel has highlighted four key areas that has led to Jason blowing the opposition off the park. Hmm. So these are the I doubt it. Is that the official wording? That is the official wording. I don't recall hearing that on the night. This is the official wording. In other words, Warrior, this is what Howie's written. No, 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 no. This is what the judges assembled. He knocked off some luminaries. Who did he beat to win this award, Damo? Give us a few names. Fred Fred Nerd. Gary Lyon. Right, Gary Lyon. Who else? Jonathan Brown. Jonathan Brown. Nathan Buckley, I heard. All all the big boys. So, Watson. Four reasons. The first reason Jason took it out was, according to the judging panel, reason number one, his warmth, (laughs) acceptance, and general love of his work colleagues, Leroy. As for your little mate down here, oh, what about this one? Oh, here we go. What about the one <laughs> pale, Pallid. polio-ridden little skeletor bespeckled with moles and warts and all sorts of growths over that frighteningly little frail thing that he calls a body whose star has been flying for about a second and a half and thinks he's God's gift. He thinks he's purging rose-smelling excrement out of his rear. He reckons he's got the sweetest-smelling freckle in the history of television, this Brace your ship off! <laughs> Such a warm. Come on. You're no, warm. You're warm. Fellow no. colleagues, you're Jason. You can't start dredging I reckon up. that was 2008, Chief. <laughs> this was all the audio that was put together for your entry, apparently. Please. Second reason. Damo, you're the boss. Do you get a plus one when you go? This is a stitch oh, did, 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 did Chief take some up with him? I don't know. Did well, you go was, by yourself? I was on the Fox table. <laughs> right. Oh. All Fox employees. I think you're sitting next to Kingy. Second on. reason. Move on. Secondly, while many of Jason's contemporaries tend to become more and more negative the longer they are out of the game, Jason has always respected and loved the game and its players. He always sees the good in people and endeavours to champion the players at every single opportunity. 
Do you pay money to watch Nick Nanui play football? It's a Ruckman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to laugh sometimes when Ruckman try to be clever. There's a Triple MC by Super Special Comments. What does the Ruckman know about pressure? Well, well what does what he a... know about the intensity within a game? Oh, oh, <laughs> Shouldn't be allowed to kick the ball, Ruckman. <laughs> By the time they send their message from the brain to the feet, too much happens. If we're going to trot out Ruckman to do that crap, there's no point then. Pl- we may as well make it 17 aside. <laughs> Just roll the ball in at the centre bounce rather than bouncing it up. Hit the big mongs out of the way and then let the, the other players have a crap. Come on, you. This is a stitch up. There's two man. more reasons, Chief. Oh, you this, said it. Oh. There's two more reasons, Chief. Roll the ball through the centre. <laughs> Should we go through the other reasons? Absolutely. Why not? Okay. This is why one. Reason three that Jason won the coveted Lou Richards medal. Thirdly, Jason, who has an incredibly high IQ, has a, described by the panel, a mastery and command of the English language that few possess. His vernacular is colourful, descriptive, and searingly accurate. And Duke, tonight you will be zit power. Because you've got the biggest whitehead on the side of your nose that I've ever seen. <laughs> Howie, you can go with arrogant prick. And you will be Botox boy. <laughs> Damo, you will be nerdlinger. Could you give me your buzzer, please? Nerdlinger. Thank you very much. And Duke, you'll be using the buzzer pinhead. <laughs> and Nathan, you can be fat calves. <laughs> and Warrior, you will be skinny bag of pus. <laughs> <laughs> This is the worst. No wonder it's going pretty well, Chief. Finally, Jason's popularity amongst football followers, as you're alluding to, Nathan, Mm. according to the judging panel, is next level. Men want to be him. Women swoon over him. And kids who love him from the bounce look at their own grandparents with disappointment, wishing it was Jason who they called Gramps. This is due to his incredible understanding of the game and as evidenced... In his entry, his razor-sharp mind dissects football like no one else in the caper. They, they want to get possession and then try and run and carry. They've had the leg speed. They've had the foot skills to pick apart the Cats at different stages. And they've got to back themselves to win it. Plenty of time. Take it the length of the ground. Kick the goal to win the game. Five-point margin. They've got a little early. Still a quarter to go after this. <laughs> Knew what he was doing, Jeremy Cameron, and now they can take the time off the clock and they'll get themselves home. Chief, there's still a quarter to go. <laughs> Siren's going to sound here, three-quarter time. Oh, I keep thinking it's the last quarter. Brad Close, who played every game last year for the Cats. Chief was... Well, because you're a hero, Chief, I, I didn't say anything the first time. Because they're both... Round 100. I kept thinking it was Come on, Chief. Chief signed off. <laughs> I might go now. He said, he said they got a minute to get it up the other end and score. And that's why I said it's still only three-quarter time. Chief's and he went really again. He's at Natalie moment. End of the night. <laughs> I had my top five tonight. I had to take it out. Okay, good. Congratulations, Chiefy. Thank you. All right, we can move on now. <laughs> Nice imagination from you, Harry. I think it was. Don't let it happen. I enjoyed it. I think it hit the spot. I thought it was pretty good. Should we we take a break? For Ream Hot Water and McDonald's. Triple M Rocks Finals Footy. Collingwood just wandering around out on the ground. A couple of giants have made their way down to the punt road end as the build-up to this run continues for TAC. This is the Triple M Friday Huddle Mobile Phone Detection. Cameras are now operating a message from the TAC. Around the grounds, we'll keep you across the storms. Prelim tonight in Australia, uh, 1 for 14. Smith 5, Warner 1 in the uh, first of three one-day internationals to lead up to the World Cup versus India. And I turn around. Damo's got a bit of news, but before that, let's get to uh, Mr Lou Richards' medal winner himself, Jason Dunstall. Chiefy? Just thought we'd go, uh, I'd keep you updated on Nathan Watch. Oh, yes. As, as you know, I've, I've introduced him to our tennis group yes. this year. And and just for a little bit of background perspective, if you don't know, Nate's a very good tennis player. He's mm. a very good junior. He also has some temper issues, mm. which he's worked hard on, and that's why we're so thankful that Christina's sort of <laughs> latched onto him and straightened him out a lot. And God. But we're, yeah, well, 100%. God's helped. 100%. So big, we're, having a hit, fella. we're having a hit yesterday. And he doesn't normally play in the Thursday group. So there's a guy playing Thursday that he has never met before until this day. And we're playing a point, and he had a, a one that he should have just drilled and put away, took it a bit easy, and we lost the point. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, I don't know Vaughan well enough to tube in between the eyes. <laughs> 
three points later, he pins him cold, <laughs> smashes him. And Posse, the other guy, turns around and says, geez, you've learned a lot about him in three points, haven't you? <laughs> He's gone from I don't know him well enough to tube him to pole-lashing him in the ribs with a massive ball that bruised him. The colour was coming out before the session finished. This is the sort of man we're dealing with. He's a felt good dude. I was like a vampire. Just got the fill. <laughs> After that, I was happy enough. It's the oh. scent of blood, the boy. He is dangerous on tennis court, Nathan. Uh, it's good fun. Very, yeah, very, very good. good fun. Yeah, a bit of news from you, Damo. Yeah, Richmond uh, officially last night and then uh, publicly today. Unveiling Adam Uze as coach. We'll just jump straight to it, Howie. He saw off Andrew McWalter, who had been the interim coach after Damien Hardwick stood down. We might just start it there. Uh, just as to what now happens with McWalter, it will be up to McWalter. Other clubs will be keen. Adam Uze speaking about what happens there. If he stays, I'd love him to stay at the footy club. He's, he's created some strong relationships. He, he understands the place. Um, so I'd, I'd have no issue with him staying around and, and being my right-hand man. Um, but if he does move on, um, we'll, we'll find that out in the next few days. Um, we'll, he'll go with our blessing and I'll try and fill that spot. So I've got some ideas of people that I might try and bring in. Um, but right now we've got an amazing staff. We've got some really strong line coaches that are... Um, that have already created a foundation and relationships that I don't want to break. So um, we'll work that. We'll work through that in the next couple of days. At the outset, Chief, that would be quite difficult for Andrew McQualter to get his head yep. around, wouldn't it? But again, with the passing of time, it may still appeal as the, the best option for him. Yeah, it depends where he sees his path going forward. Um, he might just want to sit there and settle into the, the 2IC role. It might, it might suit him because he... As, uh, as Adam Uze said, he has developed some incredible relationships. Do you want to go and start afresh somewhere else? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you stay there and, uh, and become like the, the senior the assistant man. coach, yeah. if you like. You know, I guess I, I just like the fact that he was respectful and said that will be Andrew McWalter's choice. If he wants to stay, I'd love to have him. If he doesn't, we will facilitate wherever he wants to go and, and then do something around Ross that. Lyon was very keen to get him last year when he took he over too. the role of St Kilda but yeah. because he was contracted for an extra year. And from what I'm told, that he might have been able to get him if he wasn't contracted. So that would be an option because Ross Lyon rates him very, very highly. And obviously Adam Uze does too. So both clubs would love to get him. Yep. And expectations on the Tigers, given what they had done but with the Premiership success in 17, 19, 20. And then what's happened since uh, Adam Uze had a, a take on where he sees them in 2024? Uh, well, we're not going to put a ceiling on where we where we could finish, so um, I get huge upside on watching what other teams have done. Like GWS have gone from um, the bottom half of the ladder and playing in a prelim tonight, so um, not to say that that's what we're going to do, but that's what we're going to strive to do. So um, I want our players walking into the footy club thinking that they can um, make the top four next year, So, uh, but we won't put a ceiling on it. There might be some bumps along the road and um, as a footy club we'll be really strong during that period, so can't wait to get started, as I said before. And, Brady, I think what Adam Kingsley has done to, to all clubs, at least with their planning, is that you shouldn't have restrictions mentally going into seasons because uh, it's become a bit of a cop-out, I think, at times for clubs to institute two, three, four, even five, six-year plans that never eventuate. Adam Kingsley didn't have that type of thinking when he moved in, and look at him, he's here tonight. And as a player, listening to that as a Richmond player, I'd be pretty pumped and I'd be pretty keen to get back to training to go, there's no limits next year. Our coach wants us and thinks we can make top four and is happy to say it too. There's not a lot mm. of coaches out there who would go with that or even mention the top four. You know, you get the answers where they don't give away much and I, I enjoyed that from Adam Uzo. One thing for the coach to say, do you believe that that squad is a top four squad? Uh, I wouldn't have believed the Giants were a top-four squad this year, but they've been made better by their systems and processes. And I think a fresh voice coming in there with Adam Uze, who's been at five premierships, I think, or four or five at Hawthorne and also Melbourne, so he knows what he's doing. I mean, a fresh voice can always... Uh, spark a bit of a resurgence and I, I agree with him. I don't think there is a ceiling on it and, and it's an unknown. They didn't have access, as you know, Chief, for Tom to Tom Lynch for, for yep. most of the season and that obviously curtailed him in the end. Howie, uh, the play movement space officially begins uh, two Mondays after the, the grand final, but it's already underway and Ben Mackay has today gone public with his desire to go to Essendon to leave North as a, as a free agent and, and how that looks from a compensation perspective. North will be hoping and it has been in train now for some time for this uh, magical secret herbs and spices component to all of that will allow 
the number and the contract to be given to Ben Mackay from Essendon to be sufficient enough for North to get the pick immediately after their first pick in the draft, which on ladder position will be pick two for their own pick and then pick three for the compensation. That'll get pushed back potentially with father, sons and academies. But that's where that's headed. And also Todd Goldstein, Chief. Uh, I love this story, Damo, that he might get a job somewhere else because it wouldn't happen 10 years ago. He'd be out of the system. Because he's 35? Yep. Yeah. And will turn 36 relatively early in the 2024 season. But I thought his form this year was pretty solid. And uh, they chose not to play him on, on multiple occasions, at least two anyway, uh, start of the year and, and also during the year. And he's got some footy left. Do you, I know, Ruckman, yeah, well, but your favourite? But... I, I guess it depends what role he wants to play. I, th- I thought his mobility was starting to let him down okay. uh, in the season just gone. So whether you can cover the ground, whether you've got the spring in the legs, the ability to get up and down the, the, the ground. I mean, he always works hard in his fitness. He's a good athlete from that respect. But I, I don't know what – is he happy to play a, um, a secondary role? What's he, what are his expectations? And, and the club that might take him, what do they want from him? Yeah, and Essendon could well be that club. He's got a relationship with Brad Scott, obviously, and, and, and that will be uh, – and that has already been spoken about. They've got to then decide themselves and then execute the deal. But it could well be that both Ben McKay and Goldstein end up at Essendon. CBA was finally struck. Uh, there's 216 games in a season, Howie, these days, with the 23 rounds now and nine finals. There's only three left in this season. I raise that because the, the deal, the CBA deal, takes in 2023. So they've nearly completed the full season with it. Four years beyond it, all the way to the end of 2027. Just rough numbers. The average wage by the end of that period for the men's competition will be about $550,000, $560,000. For the women, it will be sort of in the 60s to 70 brackets um, down the track. The, the interesting part of aspects of this was there will be a mid-season trade. I don't feel they'll... Sorry, mid-season um, um, swap of players, yeah. And and also to the uh, the signing up of the first round draftees to three-year deals. I don't feel that'll be done immediately, but it will be done at some stage, which, which will just give some clubs more encouragement to take the players who might be flight risks. And greater access to players, I read, Dave. Oh, yeah, but I won't believe one word of that. That's why I put it to you. Yeah. Though, I mean, the, the, those arrangements are in the current deal, <laughs> right. and uh, players have never, ever been able to say no more than they have right to this point. So The other big yeah. news story of the week, I, I, I've sort of been reading that Gil McLaughlin's got a big party to farewell the industry. Absolutely. There's a lot of heavyweights. There's corporates. There's big names. There's people involved. And a very, very limited number of media types have been invited. Very limited number very because li- 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 I'm being told hand. that you get a plus one as well if you are invited. Is that what you're So if there's, 100 and, <laughs> if there's 180 people, <laughs> I'm not going to go there, Howard. <laughs> you're risking a broken jaw with Chief sitting that close to you. But... It's come across my desk yes. that there's somebody in this box who is going right. and did get a plus one. And let's just say it's put some noses out of joint that our man Damien Barrett has been invited right. to Gil McLaughlin's going why is, away. Why has it put noses out of joint? Well, the there's been very been. limited media involved and invited. So he is of the media and purely of the media. <laughs> so he is very one of the selected few because I, I'm being told that 90% of the people there are either commission, mm. AFL-based, or their sponsors. So that leaves a very small pie for media, which our man... And he's plus one, which I'd imagine you're going to take Janine, is very, very limited and some noses out of joint chief. Always been well respected. Um, Doesn't mean people aren't upset. carried his role with integrity. Why would – and has had a great relationship with Gil McLaughlin. And I think Gil would understand this. I don't know why you're so surprised. Well, I think as the mouthpiece of the AFL, he was always going to get asked. (laughs) What you, I'm oh. more. I'm, I'm more not, interested in I'm the people not who are upset being invited, Howie. Warriors, Howie speaking from a jealousy perspective. Do we think? <laughs> no, I just starting to have little that that across the across the So, Dana, who's, who's upset? Who's upset? No, Brandy, you're telling the story, mate. I, I'm not even. Confirming. You're going. No, what, what, I'm not even confirming what I'm doing next week. You're going. Don't be silly. You're going. What's the function? Where is it? What's involved? How many people are there? Scotty Gullen said that there's people who have got their nose out of joint. That you're going. Mm. Oh, that I'm going. It was in the paper. Was it not in the paper? Was, was that the, not written in the paper, Damien? It was written I, in the paper. I don't think the nose that a joint would have anything to do with It came myself. straight after your name. <laughs> Where are you going? Where is it? What's that? I've already got an issue with Scotty Gallen. So no, you haven't. You said you were you, great you, mates you years co- ago. You coached me into saying something I didn't mean a couple of weeks Where, ago. Where's the function? What, what's uh, I, look, I read, not in Scotty Gallen's piece, but I did read it was somewhere in, in a city suburban. But you're invited. Yes. I might be. No, yes, I am. Okay, good. So, Nate, what did what did Warrior say about Scotty a couple of weeks ago? 
No, he wrote some negative stuff about us, and I, he is a mate of mine. And Damo said he you, wasn't. You, you goaded it out of me that he, we weren't as close, which is not true. We actually are. In fact, we've seen <laughs> each other a lot. So it, it was Break. my fault. It was my mistake. Uh, Dave Matthews, the giant CEO, is to joining us shortly. In fact, next, Nace Top 5, and then Leon Davis. I'm just wondering whether the, this the, the chief got an extra ticket for that thing on his lip that he's carrying around. Oh. <laughs> I think we need to take a break. Are you going, Chief? He's to back. what? To Gil's farewell? Well, you know what? what? I can put my hand on my heart and say I didn't even know he was having a party until you just said that right. then. So there's a fair chance I'm not going. Check now. your emails, Chiefy. Triple M rocks finals footy. Shut up. The footy's on the radio. Kareem Hotwater and McDonald's. Triple M rocks finals footy. Crowd continues to roll into the MCG, obviously dominated by Collingwood supporters, but our next guest to be hoping there's a vocal minority of Giants supporters. He is the Giants CEO. He must be a very proud, if slightly nervous man. Dave Matthews joins in the box. Uh, Dave, you're outnumbered, but you're here and you're in a prelim. Great to see you. How are you feeling? Yeah, feeling really excited and thanks for having me in. It's uh, yeah, it's a great occasion for the club and one we're really looking forward to. So four years ago, you are playing in the grand final, Dave. Things went a little bit pear-shaped after that, didn't they? It's, it's been an interesting journey, and then getting Adam Kingsley along, it's been a, a tremendous fight back. Yeah, it has. I, it, reflect on 219 for sure, because our trajectory on everything was really strong. Yeah. You know, money, crowds, uh, the footy performance was great, even though, you know, in hindsight, we lipped into the grand final. I just ran into Leon Cameron, we're reflecting on, you know, he really had no luck at that time of the year with injuries. And, you know, touch wood tonight, we're quite healthy. But, you know, out of 219, you then hit COVID and some of the headwinds there. And we're really out of Sydney and Canberra for basically two years. But, yep. you know, I've been really pleased with what Adam Kingsley and the group's been able to do so far. And to put it into perspective, the amount of players you've lost, the top-end talent, not just your average run-of-the-mill 16-22 to 22 player, it is some top-end talent. And you are where you are. How have you done it? Well, I think I, I still think we've got a strong re- record, Brownie, in terms of player retention. I think we've basically retained everyone we've really wanted to, other than maybe Jeremy Cameron. I mean, you never want to lose a player of that caliber. And I, I think to Jace's question, I really think COVID, um, you know, sitting in Sanctuary Cove, staring at boats, not being able to get out on them was a was a real <laughs> issue for him. And um, you know, so you, you, yeah, Jeremy Cameron makes a decision that he made, and, and he was a great servant of the club. And otherwise, I reckon there's just some been some really smart list management for Jason McCartney. I think, you know, when you're competing hard through to 219, um, your salary cap starts to bulge a bit because you want to keep competing and you're extending contracts. And then at some stage, you need a bit of, of a correction. And I think that was really, you know, the Tarano Hopper decisions last year. But then you look at what Jason's been able to do in bringing in Jesse Hogan and targeting um, Toby Bedford. It's been a really smart list management exercise, I reckon. Dave, the whole project, uh, Leon Cameron was was parted with and then you went down the really exhaustive search to unearth Adam Kingsley over a man, Adam Muzo, who today got another job. We might ask you about that in a moment. But you get to three and seven in that first year. What were your thoughts at that stage? And while you can now say you've got to the top four, did you ever expect you could possibly mount the type of sequence you, you did from that point? At the start of the year, I was pretty confident we'd make the eight. Um, and at three and seven, you know, you end up sort of, I guess, taking your cues from how the coaching and playing group are looking at it. They're, they're the ones that are really executing. And, and I think the main thing was that Adam Kingsley in particular never wavered from what his plan was. He was really, really strong on, I've got a system that I, I need to um, introduce here and it's going to require some uh, tweaks and that's going to take some time. He told the board at the start of the year, we might lose early and win late. Um, and that's, funnily enough, that's how it's played out. So I think the confidence that we had came from the confidence that he actually had in the playing group, therefore, had as well. So, you know, it sort of played out the way he predicted it in a way. So making Toby Green the sole captain, was that a calculated gamble or were you 100% sure that he was just going to go bang and really mature and develop into a leader? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's, you know, I think the main que- the main starting point for that was Adam was very clear on just having one captain and I think last year we'd, we'd probably say that we did compromise in the three captaincy model and in part it was because Toby was suspended for the first five weeks and yeah. Stephen Canelo during COVID um, I've got a lot of admiration for what he tried to do because as captain he tried to play with a pretty significant injury and rather than just put the cue in the rack he kept going out there every week and so the sort of pressure on Stephen and then the fact that um, you know Toby was starting late and Josh Kelly was a vice-captain. We went with that model last year, but you know, I think the fact that 
uh, Keneally and Kelly have just about had their best seasons. And Green has had a, a great season, obviously, All-Australian captain. The way Adam's managed all of that's been great. Speaking of Dave Matthews, the CEO of the GWS Giants, is a bloke I love watching play footy, uh, Jesse Hogan. Great article in the paper about him uh, uh, today. It might have been even by Jan, John Ralph, and I really enjoyed it. When you, when you bring a bloke into a footy club, Dave, as the overarching man in charge, and he's had issues, well, publicised issues that, that he owns up to, and he's fantastic in that um, article today, what are you basing it on? You know he's footy talent. Are you just backing your club to be able to provide the environment? Like how do you approach a situation like that with a player who's had a slightly checkered past off-field? There's a great article. I think it's a really good story. And the only problem with the story is that Mumford now wants a pay rise. <laughs> he's claiming responsibility, as he often does. But, look, I think the main thing for us is that when you go through Jesse's journey with his dad passing away and then he got cancer himself and then the issues that, um, you know, he was very open and honest, I thought, in that article was, about yeah. what actually happened. I mean, I, I look at the way he describes what, he, what, what unfolded and you think, well, how serious was it anyway for a start? But we knew he was a great footy talent. We knew that that sort of pressure created some anxiety and some pressure on him. And Sydney's actually a great place to play footy. Um, and it was the perfect spot, I think, for him to come and... Yeah, credit again to Jason McCartney and the welfare team and then Leon Cameron and now Adam Kingsley. They've really prioritised the player first, sorry, the person first to get the most out of the player and that's what you're seeing. I mean, when he first joined the club, you, honestly, in all honesty, you just want to see him happy um, and he got happy reasonably quickly and his footy's followed. Dave, I'd imagine uh, you'd be quite happy today, officially, with Adam Muzo being unveiled as Richmond coach, given you would have got to know him to a point last year in the, the, the coach search you had for your club. Yeah, I sent him a note because um, we stayed a bit in touch after we'd made the decision. It was a really thorough process. We were pretty um, intent on, on doing that, and Jimmy Bartell in particular led a lot of that, and, uh, and, and Adam was very close. It's very hard to you know, s- split coaching candidates, and you're trying to think of... Yeah, what is the measure? And it, it can't all come down to PowerPoint presentations. It's got to be deeper than that. And we did psych testing and we, and we did scenario testing and all sorts of things. And there's no doubt he's going to make a very good senior coach, Adam Uze. And, and there wasn't anything that, that was a deficiency in our view. It was just a couple of things that we really liked about Adam that suited our circumstances, I reckon. So I, th- I think Adam Uze will be a really successful coach. What does the AFL need to do to continue what you as a club have done in terms of getting impact in the, the state you're in? Well, the first thing, it's just very, very competitive. It's a pretty cluttered market and, you know, we're playing what a side that's 150 years old tonight and we're, at, we're 12 years old playing in a competitive market and, you know, people talk about the crowds and they talk about our membership and um, I, I'm just proud of where we got to in a short space of time but I think the investment that's going to be required, particularly the way... Um, you know, women's football is growing in terms of soccer and rugby league in Sydney. Um, the competition you get from sports that are 120 years old, like rugby league, uh, for us to be sort of in front and centre, both us and the Swans, is going to be really important. I think it's where the growth for the, the game into the future is going to come from. And that's the stuff I've already started talking to Andrew Dillon about. How do you freshen up that approach, particularly coming out of COVID where we got pretty knocked around? Where's the next step for you personally? I mean, you started at the, at the AFL, you got to a, a very high level, then took over at the GWS. What do you see yourself doing further down the track? I've been really happy living in Sydney. I've, I've loved it up there. I can't see myself moving out of Sydney, really. Um, the weather's too good. I've loved, I've loved working at a club. I've worked, I worked at head office, as you say. I was at head office for 15 years, I mm. think. I've enjoyed the club more. Um, just because of the sort of roller coaster of it all, the wins and losses. Obviously, more wins and losses is better, but just getting to know people, you know, the likes of Callum Ward and everyone else. You want to, you're sort of driven by, how do you, wouldn't it be unbelievable if you could see Callum Ward win a premiership? So, um, you know, quite apart from being an AFL club, the Giants is a start up business, so it's difficult, which has been enjoyable as well. So, right at the present time, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I can't really see myself doing anything else for the next couple of years at least. As we let you go, take your CEO hat off, Dave, as a, as a GWS man in the crowd tonight. Ten minutes to go, it's all getting tight and the cameras are starting to show shots of you and the players in the grandstand. How do you actually feel when it comes to that stage? Uh, I think I've, I've reached a bit of a point. After the 219 prelim, you, you, that, that was a very hard game yes. to watch, but you do realise you're not playing and you've got no control whatsoever. So you, you just hope the ball's in... Uh, either of the Lockies' hands or either the Greens' hands and that we've got an opportunity to score. So, you know, I'm really excited about tonight. I actually feel like we can win it. 
um, clearly. So, um, you know, hopefully we do and we're back here next week. Dave, we appreciate your time. Best of luck to you and the Giants. That is Dave Matthews, the CEO of the GWS Giants. Quick break here. Coming up next, I've got written here Nate's top five. Oh, it's a good one, too. <laughs> is it a big oh, prelim-worthy oh, one? Oh, there's a lot of mistakes, mate. All right. For Ream Hot Water and McDonald's. Triple M Rocks Finals footy. Leon Davis to wander into this box in about six minutes' time. But before that, top five, no stinger. Get straight into it, News. Okay, we've got limited time no, we're here. Good, we're good now. So good. the Amy Clangers has been a massive part of our program oh. all year. Oh, no. So I thought I'd set one up. This is a Hall of Fame clanger, which just can't be undone. This is the best Hall of Fame clanger of all time, and it came from our man, the Duke. Mitch Duncan has won this one out of the centre. The Irishman, Tui. <laughs> Penetrating long kick inside forward 50. And uh, McAvoy back there. I think you're fine. You might be calling the replay, Jake. I think. <laughs> you did a bloody good job. Of it. I like I, I think like you're right, too. You started Sandy Roberts on us. <laughs> Sandy Roberts. Okay, so that's the honourable mention. That, that was, is that was Hall time. of Fame. So here it comes. This is at number five. And Chris Johnson does a great job on uh, Channel 7. He also does a little bit with. Triple M, and sometimes we all get tongue-tied, and on this night when John I was talking, he certainly got tongue-tied about the Saints. One thing I love about this forward line, Joey, Owens, Pulipolo and Kamedi, they've been fantastic. I can't say the names right, but I almost got there. <laughs> <laughs> I his way out of it. I thought he said Pulipolo. Let's just have a listen to those names again. Owens, Pulipolo and Kamedi... <laughs> Who's he talking about? I don't know. St. He was talking about Philip Hill and Cam- Philip Hill and uh, Cam- 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 yeah. He just laughed his way out of it. Okay. I liked At it. number four, Stevie J's <laughs> been a great asset to mm. Triple M. And we've all heard the one where he asked the wrong coach about the wrong player. So we're not going to say. We, we, we've, we've heard that one too many times. But he also had a bit of an issue with a player who wasn't playing. I actually cannot wait to call them Mario Chol. Is that his first name? Mario. Mario, Mario Chol. Goal. Mark of the year today. Mario. 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 Hey, by the way, Mario Chol's been dropped. Mario Chol's not playing today. I've been on the highway. I've just got the team checked in, and Chol is out. So these are the great Amy Clangers of all time this year. Uh, that is number four for Stevie J. Now. You can get a bit tongue-tied when you ask a question. Sometimes they go a bit long and sometimes you lose your way. And It, it happens to Jay Clark quite a bit. <laughs> Benny, what about Jesse Hogan? He was almost a forgotten man. Cast on the AFL scrap heap when he left uh, Fremantle. Talented player at Melbourne, of course. But now he's third club at GWS. I, I sort of feel like he is one of the most underrated players in, in the competition. He's turned not only his life around, his career around, and has become... Um, <laughs> a real key player um, for you guys. Can you talk about, um, you know, the, I guess the leadership and the role he's playing for you guys because he's certainly, um, you know, been a really significant contributor. <laughs> it just kept going and going and going. Now, this is uh, one of our very own, Damien Barrett. So the, the World Cup, was amazing. They, they, nothing could go wrong with the World Cup. I thought the Matildas did a fantastic oh. job, but unfortunately, our man Damo found some holes. <laughs> Who do you in the box think deserves a good old-fashioned spray? We'll start with you. Oh, in Damo. the box? Yeah, no, no. Uh, in the, the, here, assembled, who would you like to give an old-fashioned spray to? Um, look, while she provided probably Australia's greatest sporting moment on uh, Wednesday, Sam Kerr, with the goal she kicked, mm. the one she missed about oh. 10 minutes later oh. was worthy of a question, Howie. <laughs> you, you're all having the crickets. We're on air, you know. Yeah. W- was worthy of a question. We're not here to tear down national icons. No, no, just, no, just a little, why'd you miss Mate, that one? Why did you miss that one? Why'd you miss that one? She, she, she said it herself. The of the tournament. She said it herself. She's yeah. allowed to say it. Yeah. It wasn't the yeah. question, who would you give a spray? Yeah, and he yeah. said yeah. Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr. Just putting it out there, too. Shit. On one so that was it. There's a little bit more that uh, Leroy's uh, decided to. Uh, Pope, Damo, that Pope, was Pope terrible by you. Amy Clanger was one of that. The number two Amy Clanger of the year. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Yeah. The number one Amy Clanger of the year comes from a man who does his own segment on this called The Nuff Nuff, and that's Bernie Vince. 
Did you ever, ex- like, did you in your wildest dreams ever ex- think that this would happen? Like, the the people here, yeah. the, the crowd, everything. Even yesterday was so good, we were part of that. But yeah. I, just before we came here, I watched the footage for a bit, and they said, the commentators were saying, we have not seen this in yeah. live golf yeah. Yeah. in, well, I know it's, the history doesn't go back far, but yeah. they have not seen this in live golf. Did you, did you think <laughs> you would be the best... Outing that they've had. <laughs> what was that? Did, did, did you heard Greg that Norman. That was in the show. No, it wasn't Greg Norman. It wouldn't have been in the show. It was the boss of Live Golf. You just need to have an eject button at some point and pull out and go, look, I've stuffed this up. Can somebody else ask a question? Have you heard oh. that, Chief? I had heard that. Poor old Bernie. We've got to get to a break, Nate. Uh, That that is a fine top five. Uh, Really looking forward to Leon Davis joining us next. I'm surprised, though, (laughs) you didn't put yourself in with this. (laughs) So everybody helped us out put this together. Out to the the end of the art. uh, I'm going to finish off this. (laughs) Triple M rocks footy. (laughs) That was two years ago. Triple M rocks finals footy. Shut up! The foot is on Triple M! This is the People's Weekend. Preliminary finals, probably the best weekend of the year. And it kicks off at a Triple MCG packed full of pies. Collingwood Army right up and about. Can the Maggies cap off their home and away success by marching into a granny? Collingwood, the best team in the home and away. And now into a preliminary final. Massive celebration. Or will GWS pull off another upset just like in 2019? Hopper's kicked out of bounds. It's all over. It is all over and the Giants have made the grand final. For Reed Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M Rocks Finals footy. MCG looks a picture. Not too much breeze around. The Giants taking on the Pies. Welcome along for the first time this evening to the Friday huddle. To those in the Western New South Wales, Mark Howard, Damian Barrett, Jason Dunstall, Nathan Brown. And we are about to introduce a man that we all used to love when he played football. He played for the Pies with passion, skill and excitement. His name was Leon Davis. Have a listen to this. Davis comes around and kicks a goal. Going to pick it up, going to waltz in, and go smack, bang, crash. (laughs) Collingwood supporters loved and still love this man. It's a treat to have him in the box. His name is Leon Davis, and he's put a smile on our face as he's wandered in here. Leon, great to see you. How are you going, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for having me. What's it like listening back to that? I can still always recall when you got the ball and Brian Taylor was commentating, he just used to lose his mind, Leon. Yeah. Yeah, look, a close mate of mine, so um, done a lot for me when I first came over to the Pies and looked after me, let me go out on his property and do comp- uh, some of my uh, cultural responsibilities and, and protocols and stuff like that. It was really, really good to have that in, in Melbourne, so uh, which helped me out and, uh, yeah, helped me stay here a lot longer than what I would have. So for those that, that aren't fully aware of your background, tell us where you came from and what it was like arriving in Melbourne and walking into a football club like Collingwood. Yeah, look, Balladong Wajuk is where I'm from. Uh, Yamaji as well, which is um, Perth and surrounding areas. Northern, I grew up in Northern. It's about an hour east of Perth. So, um, yeah, very, very culturally rich and fortunate enough to have my father teach me a lot of my cult- cultural protocols growing up, which a lot of, uh, a lot of our mob have missed out on. Uh, so very, very fortunate on that. But, um, yeah, then to leave little country town of Northern and move to Perth, I hated it. Uh, I didn't want to leave, uh, leave home. Uh, but then get to Perth and play some footy at, in the Waffle and, and under-18s and all that kind of stuff, um, and then had to make an even bigger move to come to Melbourne, which um, I didn't want to do at the start. But uh, once I got over here and got a feeling for the, for the Collingwood faithful and, and, and supporters and, and, and what football's all about, there's no other place to, to, to play this beautiful game that we all play and love than to be in Melbourne and, and play for such a great club as Collingwood. Leon, the boys have got plenty of questions for you, but just, just one final one from me. You've mentioned a couple of times already cultural protocols. What, what does that mean to you? Uh, it just means um, continuing and, and playing my role to uh, continue to, you know, make sure our, our culture stays alive. We have the oldest living culture in the world, um, and a lot of people don't really understand that, um, the oldest living culture in the world. Um, go anywhere you want in this world, and, and you come back to here in, a, here in, in our country, mm-hmm. 
We have we have such a powerful and strong, you know, cultural responsibility falls onto me to, to, to live that um, and teach the younger generations. It's passed down through generation to generation. Um, it'll be wrong of me to not do my part and, you know, instill that in my children, uh, in the younger generation, so then it continues. Um, a lot of the work we do, you know, it... it it, it, it comes generation down, you know, and it's very, very important for us to continue that. You said you had to move to Perth and you didn't want to do that. It was hard work. Then to Melbourne, which is a pretty big move. I mean, the weather is so much different for a start over here. Who helps you through that? Who almost talks you into going to Melbourne? You said you didn't really want to go, but who, who then pushes you to come over? Um, it was a dream of mine from a very young age. Like a lot of these guys that play footy from a very young age, you know what you want to do. Um, so for mine, it was, it was what needed to happen for me to fulfil that dream of mine, to play footy. Um, I did plan to come over and stay for two years, a minimum two years on a contract, then go back home to Perth and play. But mm. like I said before, one, once I got here and, and sort of got the feeling of, you know, the Collingwood Football Club and, and the fans and to play football on, on this ground here, the MCG, there's nothing better. There's nothing like it. So um, it was an easy choice in the end to stay. Went through my um, probably struggles throughout it, but to end up playing as long as I did for, for Collingwood and, and, and to be a one-club player, I'm very proud of that now. So I reckon when you were playing and training and, and at the club, that would have been good structure around, which probably took your mind off being away from home. What were the biggest challenges when you moved to Melbourne? What were the biggest issues that you faced outside of football? Uh, like Brownie said, the weather. Um, <laughs> probably one of the main things straight away. It, it's, you know, you come from Perth where you just, you know, pair of shorts and Nothing else most of the time, but, you know, coming over here with footy socks and a beanie and a jumper and a hoodie and a couple of shirts underneath from the start of it. But, um, yeah, that, that took a bit of getting used to. But, you know, I think it's just moving away from family, moving away from, you know, my country, my, my, my connection I've got to my country, uh, which I found very, very hard at the time when I did get drafted and to go through that process at the time was very, very hard to get that balance of, you know, being, a, being an athlete and, and being at the top level of AFL and then obviously having my cultural responsibilities as well. The club at the time probably wasn't aware of that and probably wasn't in a place like it is now to understand that. So um, to get to get to go back to the club now and work, to put these things in place for Bobby Hill, Nathan Kruger, Ash Johnson, these kind of guys to, to really play their best footy is to have that balance of having our cultural responsibilities and having, you know, the, the responsibilities of being a professional footballer as well. If, if you can balance that out at any club, I think it's going to go a long way for the guys to play their best footy and, you know, not only that, but become, you know, culturally stronger and, and to be a better version of themselves. We are speaking to Leon Davis on the Friday Huddle, Leon. I don't think Luke, our producer, would mind me saying that he, he's the one that got you in here as a guest and we appreciate yep. that, but he, he was working at the footy club at the time when you were there and, and he talked about how, how wonderful a speaker you are now and how wonderful you represent everything you believe in, but he said when you were first at the club, <laughs> you were the quietest, shyest man around. So, so describe that to us and, and how does one come out of one shell in a situation like like that? Um, I think it's just it's just growth. Um, you know, like I said, I got drafted at 18, like a lot of young guys do, and to come over to Melbourne and, and fulfil my you know my dream of playing AFL footy, it took me away from a lot of my cultural responsibilities. You know, off season was six weeks off, and I'd get home, and I probably you know there was plenty of times each season where we'd finish our last game and we'd be in the car park at the front end, and the car'd be packed up, and we'd drive straight back to Perth. <laughs> You know, no exit meetings, no nothing. It was just straight after the game, family in the car, and we'd, we'd, we'd head back to Perth straight away. That's how much I wanted to get home. You know, every time we played back home in Perth, I'd train over here for our last session, and I'd be on the plane straight away to get home. Um, that kind of stuff, you know, it, it's really, really hard to juggle. But, you know, fortunately enough for myself, it was having the upbringing that I did with my parents and, and being as culturally strong as they are, my, my brothers and sisters, um, to put me on that path to know what I needed. So um, once, I, once I retired, I went straight back to Perth. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of talk, a lot of, um, I suppose, conversations were had with um, why I left and all that kind of stuff. A lot of it was to do was to get back to Perth and, you know, be with my dad and, and get out and, and sort of live my cultural responsibilities and pick that up. So once I retired, I was able to do that. Leon, the, the nearing referendum on The Voice and the highly now political nature of the discourse around it, um, can I just get your views on it and, and what it would be that you would like to say, if indeed you do want to say anything, to the people that are yet to decide on what they should do when that comes? Yeah, look, for mine, I think, you know, it, 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 it's something that, you know, I've, I've done a lot of research on and, and, and I think everyone 
I encourage everyone to do their own research and, and, and make their own decision on it. But for mine, I think, you know, I listened to someone like Briggs, you know, and he said, we lived in the know for so long and we live in a no sort of, sort of situation for, for most of our lives. So um, to, to, to get an opportunity to have a say in, in, in what, you know, what's important to us and how we feel about stuff, I think is a step in the right direction. I think it's a step forward. Um, I think we've still got a long way to go. Obviously, I'm, I'm big on treaty and, and making sure we get more, even more of a say on, on what we need as a, as a race and as a people, being the traditional owners of this country, um, to, to, to have more of an impact on what happens with us. We still face a lot of um, you know, impacts of colonisation. We still face so many you know, injustices that we still battle with each day. So any step in the right direction that we can have to further input on, on what happens with us as a, as a people, I think is, is, is a step in the right direction. Speaking of Leon Davis on the Friday huddle, let's get out in the middle. What was, what was it like running out here? Like we used to come and watch people like you play football because you were an excitement machine, as I like to say. Nate, a bums on seats, man. What are your fondest memories of playing footy for Collingwood? Um, I, think, I think it's just, you know, seeing a pleasure in, in, in the young kids that come and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been big on giving back and, and, and trying to, you know, put a smile on, on, on young kids' faces. I was, that one, I was that young kid one time ago where, you know, I still remember it like it was yesterday, Chris Lewis and, and Peter Matera came to my primary school, <laughs> you know, and then to fast forward to when I got drafted, I was, I was fortunate enough to actually play against Peter Matera and it was, you know, it was mind-blowing for myself. So um, remembering that and, and making sure that, you know, I sort of played my footy to try and bring that enjoyment and have some fun with it. You know, it, it ebbs and flows, as, as we all know, with, with form and, and how you're going on the field and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, once you've got some kids coming up, you want a photo and, and, and they really enjoy, you know, and talk about the stuff you did on the Oval, you know, it, it brings it back to, you know, that fun part of it. What about the flip side, Leon? Who wasn't fun to play on? Who were the opponents that niggled and annoyed and, and got in your ear and you just, you hated playing on them? Um, well, I, I don't think it was hated. It was just... I got drafted and I came into a prime, you know, Chrissy Johnson from the Lions. You know, like, like hmm. blokes like that, just, you know, really hard to play on. You know, there were guys each week where, you know, they knew if, if I did, you know, my best work and, and, and was able to get a kick and kick some goals, it would lift the whole team. So to play on those guys each week and, and them try and nullify you, um, it definitely was hard each week to, to back that up. But then full circle, you know, I played down back for a season and, I had to do the opposite. So it was, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of um, very, very hard to play on them players as well. But, you know, you, you, you get to a game, you've got to plan and that, but, you know, you, you just try and do your best each game. As Howie said, you're bums on seats. We love watching you. So when you watch footy now, who do you love watching? Um, yeah, look, Bobby's one. Like, you know, he's a nephew of mine and, and you know, he grew up in Northern and very cr- close relation to mine. So to see him come from GWS and understand personally the struggles that he went through from being away from home, He's definitely one. Um, Isaac Rankin from Adelaide, you know, all the guys, I think, you know, and, and I'm a huge Pie supporter, as I should be, you know, played there a lot of years and that, but for mine, it's, it's seeing your Bont and Pellies, it's seeing the best players from each side go against each other. You know, I'm not, not one that's big on this, you know, get a tag and a tag the good players. Let the good players go head-to-head, you know, let, let, them, let them showcase what they can do and what they've trained all pre-season and, and that kind of stuff to, to be able to put on showcase what, what they can do, so... I'm a great lover of the game, and, you know, Nick Dacos is one that, you know, people probably don't understand. He's probably one of the hardest workers at the Pies, you know, and he shows it each game, you know, but for that to happen at a very young age, you know, he's getting out of what, what he puts in. Leon, we um, obviously work with Brian Taylor very closely, and, and he has ended up over the years told this story about you <laughs> involving a, a shooting, a legal shooting a little expedition on his property and how... The truck that you're in or the ute you're in may have found itself on the edge of a hill and it may have slid down and you may have had to have jumped off uh, to oh. avoid a crash. You may have pulled a hamstring prior to a, uh, a grand final. Is any of that even remotely true? I think that story's grown <laughs> quite a few legs over the years. But, um, but what yeah, happened, but, though? But, Take uh, us through what happened. Yeah, look, that, that's true, what you just mentioned. Um, it was Rupert Pathiris that uh, jumped off and sort of pinged his hammy, which... Um, <laughs> I think I'm letting the cat out of the bag now, but, you know, people sort of know about it now. But back then it was sworn to secrecy and don't tell anyone. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a scary moment. But, um, but yeah, we all came out all right on in the end, and it's just one of those things when, you know, it's a story that we can tell now and have a bit of a laugh about. Yeah. Uh, you left plenty uh, in reserve. You, you, you made All-Australian in 2011, and we didn't see you again after that. What happened there? Um, yeah, look, like I said before, it was, it was a lot, lot to do with... 
you know, negotiations and stuff like that. But for mine, it was, you know, my mind was made up on, on when I wanted to leave the game and I thought it was the right time to go home. And, you know, there was more, more of an important thing than footy for myself at that time in my life where it was my cultural responsibilities and, you know, to get home and, and learn more off my dad and, and get out on country and, and do a lot of my cult, cultural protocols to, to be able, like I said before, like to be able to give that to the next generation, you know what I mean, which is very, very important for us as a people. And just as we let you go, Leon, what, what's your world at the moment? What are you up to? What are you into? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, look, I'm down in Haywood, which is going to Jamara country, uh, my partner's country down there. So um, it's, it's, yeah, look, I love it down there. It's a very culturally rich rich environment down there and, and, and space, so a lot like home for me. So, um, so yeah, other than that, it's, it's, I'm back at the club working, cultural development manager down there, so just helping out with um, all, all things cultural and um, sort of put a cultural scope on everything, but just putting those things in place where... You know, people like Bobby and guys like that can come to a club now where it's culturally safe and it's respectful and, and everyone there seems to be doing the right thing and, and wanting to do the right thing. Um, it's an environment now where they've got an eagerness to learn, they want to know more, they want to understand more to make that place better and, and they're well on their way. So it, it couldn't be a better environment at the moment for us and we've got a cultural room there now. I encourage everyone to get over the... To the, to the club and have a look at the cultural room at the front. A lot of work's gone into it, but it's just something that, you know, it's a space where First Nations people can go and, and feel like they belong. They can put a bit of themselves in there, and that's something that I didn't have when I played. Um, so it's something that I've liked to put in now, and the boys, the boys love it, and we can get around it and, and appreciate it. Get the win tonight? I hope so, yeah. Look, I think if, if the boys, if, if Collingwood play their best and GWS play their best, I think we've got the, um, the boys out on the park to be able to get the win just narrowly. Leon, great to chat with you. As I said, uh, we all love watching you playing footy, mate, and it's a treat to have you in the box. And good luck with everything you're doing in Collingwood, and hopefully you're celebrating a, a premiership with, uh, with your famous footy club in eight days. Thanks so much, boys. Thanks for having me. Marine Hot Water and McDonald's. Triple M Rocks Finals Footy. Uh, leading up to the Pies, taking on the Giants, startling revelation. I was just telling you I watched Ferris Bueller, and you told me Cameron. Yep. Is in succession. He's the one running for president. Yes. I never knew this. Chief knows everything about movies. What was Ferris's girlfriend's name? Sloane Peterson. Right, one of the great films. It is a great movie. Anyway, time for Leroy Hot Topics. How That's is it. Hot Topics. Right, Hot Topics. Let's get straight into it. Uh, Rupert Murdoch announced, uh, I think today, that he is retiring, Damo, at age 92 or 93. One of the two. What age, Damo, <laughs> are you going to retire, Guru? <laughs> I don't know. Well, come on. Oh, let's go with 58. 58. So you, you only got five more. No, I, I, okay. I reckon there's a... No, I don't know what it is. Um, there, there's a time frame for, I think, media. Okay. Yeah. 58. What about you, Chief? Oh, I'm just about fly-blowing, Howie. So we're, <laughs> um, we're well into the home stretch. It'll, right. be, it'll be the next couple of years, my friend. Right. What about you, Noodle? <laughs> fly blow. There's an event in a couple of years, early 2025, called the Bitcoin halving, and oh. I feel like the top is going to blow off crypto like you wouldn't believe. Right. Uh, I'm going to make so much money out of it, then I'll, then I'll retire. So probably a couple of years away, Howie. I love it. I love it. What about uh, yourself, Howie? I reckon. You've never been bigger than you are. Nah, I reckon. When you're doing got, 10, 10K US a pop for yeah. cricket. No, I reckon I got, I'm, in the final five years, I would have thought. Now, uh, Rupert Murdoch, a very, very, very powerful person. Chief, who is the most powerful person you have met in your long and illustrious life? I don't think I've met anyone of genuine power. Dermot? I mean, we've met, we've met <laughs> Australian politicians and the like, but okay. no, no one of genuine power that, ben I Dixon? Could, that I could actually speak of. Dixon. I mean, I'd love to have someone impressive to say to you, but I just, I no just haven't met them. We'll just make one up for us. We won't know. No, we're talking about powerful okay. people, well, not, okay. not celebrities, powerful you, people. No. Eric Banner was the Hulk. He was pretty powerful. There's some powerful people. <laughs> You're an idiot. Well, what have you got, Damon? I, I can uh, give you one here, Howie. Uh, on, Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Oh, there, now, there you go. Over in Cape Town itself. So. Well, uh, how did you meet him? One of your AFL junkets? One of the two AFL junkets that we had to South Africa. One-on-one? It was, one on one? It was the first one. I was a one-on-one -on -one for, a, for a couple of minutes, yeah. Right. Did he yeah. call you purple? <laughs> it was um, it was 1998 though. Actually, it was a very long time ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, of the four teams left, which did you tell us who you've met? Well, I, it was in my mind. I was walking through Fox Sydney a couple of years ago, and I thought my boss Steve Crawley was in a certain office to have a meeting. So I opened the door, 
And Lachlan Murdoch was in there with three other people, and I just shut the door very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that I actually met him, Chief, but I opened the door. Now, of the four teams left, Nate, we'll start with you. Of the four teams left, which player would you most like to see win a premiership? Uh, I think for how good he's been for Carlton, I'd love to see Paddy Cripps win one. The Cripper. Hmm. Damo? Uh, I've got a couple of options. I think Cal Ward might be oh, the one yeah. I'd give you because he played in a prelim final for the Bulldogs in 2009 and 10 mm. and then was knocked out earlier in 16, yeah. uh, then played again in 17. Didn't play in the 2019 one. So, yeah, as in the prelim final. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like him to get through and, and win. I like that one, Chiefy. It's a difficult one. Um, you wouldn't begrudge any of the players going on and winning one. I, I wouldn't mind, funnily enough, seeing Harris Andrews win one. Harris. I just reckon it could be the most laconic grip on the Premiership yeah. Cup as he's upholding it that you would ever see up on the stage. <laughs> he's Captain Casual. Isn't oh, unbelievably casual. Uh, Jesse Hogan for mine. I, I've always liked him. And I read that yeah. article today and I, I would like to see Jesse win a Premiership. Uh, Pizza Hut. Dockety Beard. Yeah, Dockety Beard. There are lots of stories. Uh, yep. Pizza Hut got hacked this week, Damo. It was extraordinary. All sorts of personal details went out, apparently including what people... Ordered home delivery <laughs> or the algorithm on their pizzas, okay. Chiefy. Do you have pineapple on your pizza? Hundred percent. Yes, my man from Hundred percent. Yep. Nate, I'm big on yes. pineapple on the pizza. I, Happy I, I knew they would be. Dead I was no. worried about you. Yeah, you, you've got me right. You're a no. No chance. It's not designed for You're pizza. You're a knob sometimes. Yeah. Do not. Oh, oh, you'd be the one that had let us. It down is there. not designed for pizza. It's un Australian. And a final one for you. Well done to the. Uh, AFL players, everyone involved, the association, the league, by uh, getting a pay rise for AFLW players and AFL players as you brought to our attention. Nate, we'll start with you. Who in this box? And we'll include Duke, even though he's not here. Well, it couldn't be Duke because no. he, he, he deserves a, well, uh, a, be, a haircut. Who in the box do you think deserves a pay well, rise? Well, there's only one man, and it's the most popular man in the box in, in Australia, which is Jason Nutsley. He's won the award. He's won the Lou Richards medal. Who else could it be? What, what do you think? Like, what type of percentage on what he's on do you think he should get? And what, what is the, he on, Brady? Because you you've done this before a few times this year. What is he on, the Chief? Oh, per game here? Oh, what is he on? It's total, in totality. Total package. Oh, at, at Fox and Triple Yeah, M. the whole thing. Oh, no, no, we don't go. There. Yes, we do. I would have thought about 600. 600. We don't. Yeah. I think that's a bit skinny. I reckon you're a bit light on there. Yeah, I reckon okay. It's gone heavy. It's gone way too heavy. Season 600. Fox. 600. And give him an extra 10%? What a, uh, yeah, yeah, happy with that. Extra 660. 650. What about you, Damo? Who do you think deserves a pay rise? I think my good mate, Nathan Brown. And oh, I say so seriously, I he's become very versatile. He, he, can, he, can, he can call. Yep. He can host. host. He ho- like the host on that Thursday when you walked in and you thought you were hosting and he was yep, hosting. That's right. He can host TV shows. Okay. He can do special comms. Content. What's Content. He, what's he earning in general, Nate? Nate, he'd be uh, four fifty, five hundred. He could be. Oh, I you're laughing. Up. Look at him. <laughs> it's hard to tell how he reacts because there's no facial expression. So it's hard to. Know. What about Chiefy? Who do you think deserves a pay rise? Well, well, I, I thought long and hard about this. Yes. Genuinely long and hard. Of course, you did. Yes. Not Duke because he's a former ruckman. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that just rules himself out straight away. Yep. I like the argument for Nate. Nate's doing lots of different things for us, which is really, really good. Yeah. Um, but he's got plenty anyway. How he's out of control, he doesn't need more money. Uh, so aside from myself, I thought, truth be told, I thought the snork is the one the that snork, actually snork. puts the show together, organises the guests, yep. puts up with all of us, a good back end and, and cops abuse non-stop. Did he you, is the one. Did you factor in the first 10 or 11 weeks of the year, Chief? Yeah, he was quite early. You know that I can't remember back that far. <laughs> yeah, uh, He's well, been brilliant say, of late. Well, I will say, Howie, uh, you're pointing at somebody. Yeah, the Giants coming out on the ground. Listen to the roaring reception. <laughs> I had the pleasure of picking the Chief up along at the, see the Eureka Sky Deck there on the way through. And we just come under the overpass, which is there at the uh, the Art Centre. Yes, yes. Chief goes... He's how his hot topics a bit light on the night. He goes, they didn't really take me with any sort of interest. Didn't grab him. <laughs> well, I didn't think there was much sizzle. Warrior, is that a fair call? I didn't mind it. It got us conversing. Yeah, but nice did it have any other. sizzle? No. Zero sizzle. <laughs> this from a man that we should have We should have got Snork to actually organise the hot topics. That would have been better. In Collingwood, the cry goes around the MCG. We probably need to take a break and then we'll get fully into this one. I can't believe I've copped it from a bloke who has not brought any content for the entire year <laughs> in the form it. of the you chief. What do you, what you you it's there? good to see fireworks of that type come out. It's good in, in when there's a dark sky, isn't it? Yeah, it does I, look I say that because we're going to have the biggest game of the season next year in broad daylight. Yeah, we are. Well, let, let's wait for Collingwood to come out on the ground before we take our final break, before we get into game preview mode. Uh, 
Well, what do you think about the Giants, Nate? They're, they're pretty are much going to pad until they walk out, are we? Well, we're not going to pad. We're going to provide entertainment, <laughs> my friend. We're not padding. Okay. It feels like a pad, but what, did, what was the question? <laughs> the question was, are the Giants a fourth team for the cock, you bloody idiot? <laughs> I think they can win tonight. This is going to go down to the wire. Maybe we should have gone to a bad break. I would have thought so. You have to wait now. You're all in on waiting. You're all in on waiting. I'm waiting for Collingwood to come out, Chief. Uh, This is going to be, I think, the most exciting of the two games, preliminary final weekend. And and look, I still think tomorrow night can be, or tomorrow twilight can be a really good game. But the brand of football we're going to see tonight in perfect conditions, two teams chock full of confidence, good ball users, good runners, Oh, I reckon it could go off. One thing I wanted to ask, uh, as I think the Collingwood, uh, they're just about to come out. I can see some movement down there. No, Choice there's no still some time. Choice away. hotels around the grounds. <laughs> Australia, three for 112. Smith has just been bowled for 41. Labuschagne is on 10. They're still oh, in the rooms, Brownie. They're still in the rooms. So keep padding. Uh, I will keep padding. But, they don't uh, look like they're coming up any time. Brownie, they're doing celebrations when in the rooms. We were talking about the Giants before, Chief. The small little gathering at the punt road end. How many Giants supporters... Do you think it down there? There's at least four or five hundred, so that means there's going to be ninety-four. You reckon and a half there's four hundred there? I reckon you're over ninety-four and a half thousand. That. I, I, I want to ask where they come from. I reckon there's about eight. I want to ask where they live, friends how they family. get them here, friends and family, friends and family <laughs> of so Victorian players. That all of them there. That's I, not the. I reckon there's so the, there's a hundred there. Top. The cheer squad that go from game to game <laughs> and support the Giants. They would travel. Where around. do they come from? Yeah, most of them would be Sydney based. Right. So they, that, they would all a, come down. Is that then, a paid gig no. to be in the cheer squad no. for the Giants? You paid to be in the cheer squad. I think we should have gone on that break if you're going to bring that. I think it's paid to be in the cheer squad. Well, you yeah. never know with the Giants. They don't have a lot of He's oh. just given a well, cricket score. Oh, describe you what's going on. So Darcy Moore, he's got the white headband on. He's smiling. He looks happy. Nick Dacos is directly behind him next to Bruzzy, Maynard, Degoe and Mitchell are the first five pies that will wander out. So they've just walked out of the room area. Now they are walking up. Well, Bruzzy's fired up. Bruzzy's ready to go. Up the ramp to the MCG. These folks look like they're going to a 21st. They look that happy. <laughs> yep. Darcy Moore, Nick Dacos, Maynard, Josh Dacos in eight seconds. Darcy Moore's the happiest bloke on the planet. McStay's there. And ladies and gentlemen, look here come the pies. Huge reception as they wander out on the ground. I mentioned to you this two weeks ago. As the song goes, our big, big sound, yeah, that's us, says the banner. It's, I said it's like they go to a birthday party, Damo. They just yeah. look that happy with life. Well, they've just embraced absolutely everything, haven't they, about their season. Good, bad, indifferent, the little patch they had late where it got ugly. But, Howie, they're about to actually officially run through their banner. So McCreary is there, McStay. You've never seen a more happy, excited group of footballers. Mitchell will get his opportunity. Quainall looks magnificent, as he always does. Cheap. He's got the hair tied up. He's got the pink boots on. Are they the real deal? I think Collingwood are the real deal, 100%. Um, they've been the best team all year. We had doubts about them late in the season. They got themselves going again in week one of the finals to win straight through to the prelim. Uh, but they have got a task. They are going to have to be at their best tonight because there is a rampaging team that they're coming up against. They run into a club in the Giants who have got a better midfield than them. And Collingwood are a great running machine, but they're across the board a running machine. The midfield of the Giants and the five players that start through there, along with Whitfield at halfback, I think has the better midfield on the night tonight. I've got to say, the boo for the Giants and the Pies fans was louder than the roar for the Pies, from the Pies fan. It was, actually. Uh, Remod Water built tough rosy condition when it comes to water heating. Ask your plumber to install the rain. This is the Triple M footy prime get time paid. for Jim Bean. It's said to be an epic match, and that's worth raising a Jim Bean drink responsible. You did not get paid to be a member <laughs> of a cheer squad, Nathan. I think they do. <laughs> you do not get paid. <laughs> right. This is the Friday Huddle. Please reply quickly to texting drivers. A message from the TAC. For Reem Hot Water and McDonald's. Triple M. Rocks 3.